A single verse from today's first reading formed a battleground for the greatest theological controversy of the early Church. Proverbs 8.22 comprises just ten words in the ancient Greek version called the Septuagint, and it reads, The Lord created me as a beginning of his ways for his works. Just ten words, but to parse those ten words, the leading bishops and theologians of the fourth century spilled oceans of ink, sometimes even nearly spilled their own blood. The controversy was the so-called Arian Controversy. It lasted from the end of the First Ecumenical Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. through the end of the Second Ecumenical Council of Constantinople in 381 A.D. To oversimplify a very complicated and obscure history, the so-called Arian party in this controversy contended that Nicaea's creedal statements about Christ were either false or misleading, and Proverbs 8.22 served as the cornerstone of their case. Now, in the course of the 50 years that followed the Council, the Church was overtaken by turmoil, dissent, and recrimination. There were accusations and counter-accusations, alliances and counter-alliances, Plots hatched and foiled, bishops exiled, deposed and reinstated many times over, and interventions by popes, emperors, angry mobs, and even imperial armies. Does any of this sound familiar? Omit the emperors and the armies, and you might have a brief summary of the aftermath of Vatican II. Now, today, the controversial issues are quite different from the questions about Christ and the Trinity that engage the minds of fourth-century churchmen. But we can learn much that is relevant for us by studying this history. And I would argue, in fact, that it is instructive to examine not only what the two sides disagreed upon, but what they agreed upon. The simplest way to frame one area of agreement would be this. Who is it who says, The Lord created me? Both leading Nicene, pro-Nicene theologians like St. Athanasius, the great bishop of Alexandria, and their opponents answered the first question the same way. The one who says, The Lord created me, is Jesus Christ. He is the Logos the Word of God who speaks throughout the Scriptures, both the Old and the New Testaments. Moreover, St. Paul himself explicitly calls him the power of God and the wisdom of God. Therefore, when wisdom speaks in Proverbs 8.22 of the role she played before and during creation, it is Christ, the Logos, who is speaking of his relationship with the Father. Now, of course, there's also a very important area of disagreement, and this was more important for the fourth century. The other question that they sought to ask was, when did wisdom speak these words? And St. Athanasius, who's been vindicated by the Church, uh, by history, answered this question. The Logos said, the Lord created me at the Incarnation. 
In other words, this wasn't a statement about the, uh, the Father's creation of the eternal Logos in time, but about the creation of the human nature of Christ in time when he was born of a virgin. But modern scholars have tended to reject both the agreement and the disagreement. For them, the one who says, the Lord created me, is just simply a daring poetic invention of the ancient wisdom writers. The first task of interpretation, according to them, is always to determine the original literary and historical setting. And so, as one recent scholar has put it, if St. Athanasius had known the principles of modern biblical criticism, he would have been able to dismiss the whole anti-Nicene argument in a single stroke. The text does not refer to Christ, says this scholar. But, of course, the fathers of the Church believed otherwise, and St. Athanasius wrote whole treatises on the interpretation of this single verse, believe it or not. So, if we seek to learn from the saints, what would wisdom be speaking to us today on Trinity Sunday? It is Christ who speaks in wisdom and throughout the whole of the scriptures. He's also speaking in today's liturgy. And I submit to you that one key to understanding him lies in the gospel, which is drawn from his discourse at the Last Supper. I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now, he says. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. Now, when Christ first spoke those words, the Spirit had not yet come, because he had not yet been glorified. But now, the Spirit has come. Trinity Sunday is the octave day of Pentecost. One week ago, we were here celebrating Pentecost. And in the monastery, throughout the course of the week, we've been celebrating votive masses to the Holy Spirit meditating on texts drawn from throughout the scriptures, Old and New Testaments, which bear witness to the person and ministry of the third person of the Holy Trinity. If we live by the Spirit, we will learn to walk by the Spirit. We will learn to think with the mind of the Spirit and see with the eyes of the Spirit. And then we will see that Christ's promise has already found fulfillment in the history of the Church, and that in, indeed continues to find fulfillment today in the liturgy. The Holy Spirit has guided Christ's disciples to all truth. He guided the Church through the turbulent decades following the Arian controversy. The final fruit of this controversy was the creed produced at Constantinople in 381, which speaks more fully of the Holy Spirit and the Church than uh, did Nicaea. And we will confess this so-called Niceno-Constantinopolitan creed in just a moment. Today, it is this creed which unites all Christians, both East and West, in a single great confession of faith in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This was the fruit of the turbulent decades following Nicaea. Who knows what fruit may come of the present turmoil? Of course, it will be in continuity what, with what has been taught and revealed by the saints down through the ages, but it may surprise us. 
Christ has much more to tell his church through the Spirit if we are only willing to listen.